0: Welcome to the Strange and Interesting Podcast, a show about folklore, the paranormal, urban legends and pretty much anything else that I happen to find strange and interesting. I am your host, Al. And joining me today, a good friend of mine from going back way into the college years, my friend, Jeff. How is it going today, Jeff? Pretty good. Not too bad. So the last time Jeff was on the show... He shared his experience working as a volunteer at the German archaeological site. And that actually ended up being one of my most downloaded episodes, maybe even uh, the most downloaded one. I'm not sure. So, Jeff, apparently people like you. Good to hear.
1: <laughs> Listening to that and interested
0: in that kind of stuff. So. Well, hey, what can we say? You're just a strange and interesting guy, right? That's right. Jeff is a native of Chicago and he is going to help me today discuss the topic of Chicagoland cemeteries. Jeff has a YouTube channel which we'll talk about later on and one of the things that I've seen you do on your channel is sometimes you'll go to just interesting places and You'll talk a little bit about it, uh, whether you were there on vacation or just happened to be passing in the area, uh, or maybe you just decided to go someplace. And you've done a couple episodes, I know, on the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. And I think, didn't you do any other cemetery episodes or so far is uh, Bachelor's Grove the only one? I believe Bachelor's Grove is the
1: only one so far. I am planning on going to more of them in the future. But so far it's just been Bachelor's Grove. I know in recent years I'm kind of inspired to go to more because now there's quite a few YouTube channels pertaining to cemeteries and Chicago cemeteries. There's one I like in particular called Faces of the Forgotten, where he'll go around to a lot of different local cemeteries and he'll just, you know, tell all these interesting stories. Don't know that he really focuses on Ghost Lord too much. Maybe I think that's a separate channel that he has. But yeah, there's just some interesting things that have inspired me in recent years. So yeah, definitely want to go to more in the near future. That's for sure.
0: That's cool. And one of my favorite videos that you did, uh, there was one where you talked about was it called Cave in the Cliff or something? It's it's the one where uh, pirates used to use that as a base right yeah that
1: was uh came in the rock the southern tip of illinois okay and uh yeah that one people have liked quite a bit and i don't know that too many people have done videos on that i know when i do these videos it's always kind of cool to be one of the first to kind of do it and then you know for a little while anyways you kind of have the definitive video on it Until, you know, someone with a real expensive fancy camera comes along and, you know, maybe they'll do their version of it. But, yeah, there have been a few that I've done where, you know, at the time I did them, I was one of the first. And, yeah, The Cave in the Rock is one of them. I did another one on a centric martial artist from Chicago, Count Dante. I was one of the first to do that. Now there's quite a few. I mean, now you go... Um, look on YouTube. There's quite a few
0: nowadays. So before we start to talk about some of the famous cemeteries in Chicago, what is it about Chicago? The Windy City, as some people call it. The famous author Mark Twain had this to say about Chicago. It is hopeless for the occasional visitor to try to keep up with Chicago. She outgrows his prophecies faster than he can make them. The city now known as Chicago is the ancestral homeland of many indigenous tribes. The name itself is a French rendition of a Native American word, Chikagua, which I probably did not pronounce that correctly, but the word refers to a specific type of wild garlic. The first non-Native American resident of the area that we know of was Jean-Baptiste Pointe-du-Sable, a freed slave who settled in the area sometime during the 1700s. He came up from New Orleans, accompanied by his Native American wife, and set up a trading post along the mouth of the Chicago River. The Potawatomi tribe ceded the land to the United States in 1816. It became a town by 1833 and was incorporated as a city in 1837. As the 1800s progressed, it became an industrial center and today is home to many fine museums, including the Museum of Science and Industry, the Field Museum, the Adler Planetarium, and the Shedd Aquarium. It would also eventually become home to the greatest sports team in American history, and that is, of course, the Chicago Bears. But we're not here to talk about the good things that have happened in the Windy City. We're here to talk about final resting places. Chicago has been home to many people over the years. So many people have lived and died there. And today, Jeff is going to help me as we talk about some of the cemeteries in the Chicagoland area and some of the folklore and interesting little tidbits of information behind them. So to start, we're going to discuss not necessarily a cemetery, but there's a very famous ghost that is associated with one of the cemeteries in Chicago. Right, and that ghost
1: would be Resurrection Mary. And probably when you do a video on Chicago ghosts or famous ghosts in cemeteries, probably think that's probably the best place to start is Resurrection Mary, because Resurrection Mary in recent years has become fairly well-known. A lot of people are familiar with it to some degree. Now, Resurrection Mary is what's referred to as a hitchhiking ghost. And it's interesting because a lot of cultures have a version of the hitchhiking ghost. And Resurrection Mary is sometimes referred to as the localized version of this like wider story. For example, I'm aware of a resurrection type, resurrection Mary type story that's very similar from England, and I know there's another one from Australia and another one from the Philippines. So it's kind of worldwide. And uh even Chicago has another hitchhiking ghost, like a 1920s flapper girl in one of the suburbs is said to be like a hitchhiking ghost. But uh, Resurrection Mary has become the most famous, and I'll I'll get into the reasons why, but just some background into the story. What had happened was in 1939, an individual by the name of Jerry Pallas claimed to have danced with a woman by the name of Mary at a place called the Willowbrick Ballroom. Before that, it was called the O'Henry Ballroom. Now it's no longer there because some workmen were working on it, I think, around 2014, 2016. And they had burned it down. Someone burned it down accidentally with a blowtorch. So it's no longer standing today. But he claimed that he had danced with this woman all night. And then she has to drive him her home. And they got in a car, drove down Archer Avenue. Which is the street right there, famous Chicago Land Street. And when they got to Resurrection Mary, she said, okay, you could stop now. She got out of the car and then vanished into the cemetery gates. And that's probably the most famous story that most people are familiar with. There's other versions of the story that have happened later on, there's versions where people claim to have hit Resurrection Mary with their car have gone out to see what happened, and then she disappeared. A more famous incident happened, I believe it was in the late 70s, where a police officer claimed that he had hit somebody, and he called an ambulance, and when the ambulance had arrived, she was gone. And uh, he went on the popular syndicated show, That's Incredible, at the time, and a lot of people were not familiar with her and her story at the time. And as a result, it's rumored that he may have gotten fired and lost his position because of this. Anyways, that's one of the story, a lot of different versions over the years. The story really be gained a lot of popularity in the 1970s by really one individual, and that's Chicago ghost hunter Richard Crow. Richard Crow would go on the different talk shows in the area, particularly one on a station called The Wind, W-I-N-D. There was a show called The Eddie Schwartz Show. Eddie Schwartz would have him on quite frequently, and they would talk about all the ghost lore. And he would always bring up Resurrection Mary, and ultimately, it would be to kind of sell his ghost tour so people could come on his ghost tour. I was fortunate enough myself to have had gone on this ghost tour back in 1994. Um, he passed away in 2012 and is actually buried in Resurrection Cemetery. But yeah, he probably more than anyone else really popularized this story.
0: Yeah, I've heard of the uh, of his tours. Um, my wife actually... I think went on one back in the day uh, when she used to live down in that area. Yeah, they were
1: fairly popular, and he kind of stumbled upon it by accident. I guess he was in school at the time, and a geography professor gave him a long-term assignment to uh, do this project where he would have a tour and bring people on this tour, and there was a waiting list of 200 people when he did it. So, therefore, his business was born. You know, people were really interested in this kind of thing. It didn't exist before then. There weren't really weren't any ghost tours at that point in time.
0: Yeah, that's something that I've always wanted to, to do, because I've never actually been on a ghost tour myself. I've been on the occasional historical tour uh, where they would sometimes talk about unusual things that may have happened in the area but I've never been on an actual ghost tour. So that's something I'll have to do one of these days.
1: Yeah, definitely something cool to do. And different cities have different ghost tours. I've been on some in different other cities as well. But uh, yeah, Chicago certainly has some interesting stories. Now, one thing I want to talk about is the identity or possible identity of Resurrection Mary. You know, now the question kind of looms, you know, who was Resurrection Mary? Um, what, what's her story? You know, how exactly did she die? And supposedly a caretaker had told an undertaker that he believed it was a woman by the name of Mary Brigovi and Mary Brigovi had, uh, been downtown Chicago in a car that hit the support beam of one of the L trains and had died that way in 1934. And that's kind of the story that people have believed over the years. They've generally accepted that, that that's the identity. However, Mary's usually described as having long blonde hair and wearing a white gown. And this Mary Brigovi had short brown hair. So didn't quite have the same look. And an interesting thing, in Resurrection Cemetery, there's actually a grave marked Mary Bragovi, and said that she died in the 20s. That's actually not her. She's buried in an unmarked grave, possibly near where her parents are buried. But they don't want to really let people know where it is. They're just kind of worried people might vandalize the grave or dig it up. So... They uh, don't tell anybody where exactly her grave would be. But yeah, generally, it's been accepted that she's this Mary Bergovi. Now, another local ghost hunter, woman by the name of Ursula Bielski, who wrote a book called the Chicago Haunts that came out in 97, claims that she was just inundated with letters by people, claiming that... Resurrection Mary is a different woman, someone by the name of Anna Marie Norcus, who had died a little earlier than Mary Burgovi in the 20s, and she died as the result of her father driving the car into like a ditch. I think they hit a railroad tire, and the car had flipped over, and she was killed, However, she was only 13, and the thing there is Mary's usually described as being a bit older than that. So I'm not sure if that's the candidate or not. So, you know, who who knows, ultimately, who what the identity of Mary is.
0: Yeah, it's always possible that just over time, people maybe blended the two stories together. I hadn't heard of the Mary pagoda, but I have heard of the theory about how there is you know, the young woman, um, Anna Marie Norcus, who is one of the candidates. And I remember hearing about how um, she was young, like 12, 13 years old. But, you know, so maybe that's a possibility. Maybe they just figured, okay, here's this person we know is buried in Resurrection Cemetery, and, but she's a little too young, but here's this other person who died. So let's, take the two legends and smash them together
1: yeah that that could be what happened that very well could be what had happened there but uh another interesting thing you know to add to this of course is this was featured also on unsolved mysteries uh i think twice so that's kind of gained the legend even more popularity i am aware of three movies on resurrection mary that have come out i saw one of them it was pretty bad, <laughs> you know, not really worth seeing. But, uh, you know, I don't know what the other two are like. I just remember, I don't remember much of it. it wasn't very memorable. It was a horror film, though. There have been a lot of songs on Resurrection Mary as well. Ian Hunter from the band Moth the Hopal, kind of a popular glam rock band from the 70s. In his solo project, he has a Resurrection Mary song The band Blackmore's Night with Richie Blackmore, they have a song. And there's actually a band from Chicago called Resurrection Mary that had put out an album in 1989, which very kind of like Guns N' Roses sounding. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of different songs, movies have been written. So, yeah, the legend's pretty popular and those, I think, popularize it a little bit
0: more. Yeah, ghost stories, I think, are always a fun place to go for inspiration for movies or songs. I mean, of course, it, it can be overdone. It can be done poorly. But, you know, I think these this is just one of the aspects of folklore that we do see almost everywhere in the world. Everywhere you go, there's going to be some variation of the ghost story. And as you mentioned, the story of someone picking up a vanishing hitchhiker you know, certainly not limited to Chicago. It's appeared in other places of the U.S. as well as other countries. Right. Yes, correct. Quite a common story. In addition to Resurrection Mary, probably one of the most famous haunted places in the Chicagoland area is Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, which I have heard is supposed to be one of the most active uh, cemeteries in the United States. And this one, I understand there is an interesting story behind, well, first of all, how it may have gotten its name. So the cemetery is located in Berman Township on the South side of Chicago. And the, there's a couple of theories I've heard as to how it got its name. One is that the first group of people who settled in the area were single men, And that the they were among the first to be buried there. Another story I heard is that the name Bachelor may have actually been a misspelling of one another family that lived in the area. Where you again, it was spelled similar to Bachelor, but most people just spelled it Bachelor instead of what it was supposed to be uh, spelled.
1: Right, correct. And another interesting like side note in that is. Robert Ripley had in his comic strip, Ripley's Believe It or Not, as early as, I believe it was the 1930s, but he uh, talked about, mentioned how there was a cemetery called Bachelors Grove Cemetery, even though there are women buried there. So that was in one of his comic strips. But uh, yeah, like you said, you know, Bachelors Grove Cemetery is regarded as, you know, one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States, maybe the world. And just to get into a little bit of it, um, my understanding is like the cemetery has been first, uh, occupied since eight, the 1820s by like Yankees from New York and Connecticut, Vermont. Those were the first people there and then in the 1830s the irish came and in the 1840s you had more germans coming into the area the last person to be buried there was in 1989 i believe shields i believe was the last name but uh yeah there's all kinds of uh ghost lore associated with the cemetery pretty much Most of what you hear about involving ghosts and hauntings has some sort of like presence at Bachelor's Grove. For example, you have a story of the vanishing farmhouse, which is said to be like a Victorian era farmhouse with like a porch and like a swing hanging from it. As people walk closer to it, it starts like appearing further and further away until it just vanishes. That's been one of the stories associated with it. Uh, another story are orbs of various colors, white, blue, red. Someone said that they had touched one of these orbs, and they she said it didn't feel hot, cold. It just felt like touching some kind of a void. There was sort of a strange sensation. So in addition to that, you have... And this is probably the most famous, the white lady of Bachelors Grove. And that is uh, a woman who is sometimes seen holding an infant, sometimes not all in white. The identity of this woman is believed to be someone named Amelia Patrick, who married a some a senator in the area who had an infant who was buried in. In the cemetery, that that's what it's be, or what who she's believed to be, this Amelia Patrick. However, Amelia Patrick is actually not buried in Bachelor Grove Cemetery, but she's believed to, you know, haunt this cemetery. And there, and this is probably one of the most famous ghost pictures of all time. It's at least in the top ten. But someone had taken a picture of her from the Ghost Research Society. They went out there. A woman by the name of Judy Huff took a picture using infrared film and took a picture of a woman who appears to be faceless sitting on this checkered stone. Yeah, this was in 1991. Since it came out, it's been in a lot of books. It's been on TV shows. Zach Baggins even had an episode of Ghost Adventures where he went there and he sat on this checkered stone and uh, he apparently claimed that he examined the photograph and looked to see if there was any kind of tampering or anything. He claimed he couldn't detect any, any evidence or anything that had suggested that this photograph may have been altered in any way but uh yeah that's probably the most famous ghost is this white lady
0: yeah i've seen the picture and honestly i don't think it looks that transparent i personally think it looks a little too there it looks a little too solid so what do you think do you think that it's convincing or do you think that it's possible it might be a a hoax
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I have looked at it. People are saying that it's transparent, and I agree with you. I don't see that at all. It looks like a solid object. It doesn't look transparent at all. And yet, when you hear people talk about it, they'll usually speak of it in that way, that it's transparent. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's really hard to say. From what I understand, the picture was first taken. It was, like, very tiny, and they kind of, like, blew it up. It made it look a lot larger than it was because, you know, they she just happened to at random snap this picture and just kind of caught it sort of like on the edge. But, yeah, that's it's, – it's,
0: it's hard to say. Yeah, and I remember that episode of Ghost Adventures where they did actually go and investigate the cemetery, which – I mean I it was I don't rem- I know I didn't see the entire episode. I just remember my wife uh going through the channels and she happened uh, uh to see it and I probably watched part of it and then went to d- did something else, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that uh they've been there. I don't know if taps or ghost hunters has ever been there, but uh I know someone who has been to Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. Right, and that would be myself.
1: Actually, twice. First time I was there, I actually brought my camera. When I got home, it became the subject of my first ever YouTube video. So I actually did my first YouTube video about Bachelors Grove. The second time I went there, I actually shot a video of Bachelors Grove and then talked about the various things I'm talking about now. I talked about as I was shooting this video at some point in the video at around 19 20 minutes somewhere around that time frame there appears to be a little mist in the corner of the video not saying you know it's a ghost but it was kind of strange that I did possibly catch something on the video and if you're Listening to this podcast, you can check it out for yourself and uh, see what you think. But uh, yeah, there was a little bit of mist in the corner. and I don't recall any other mist being in the area at the time. So I found that to be kind of strange that I possibly captured something. I don't know. Now, I'll say this. A lot of times people will talk about having a feeling of dread when they go there and all that. I didn't have that feeling at all. It was a very tranquil kind of feeling that I had the whole time that I was there. And I know other people have mentioned that as well. Even one person in a video I watched said, I I don't even think this place is haunted at all. I think all these stories are fictitious. So one of the other things that Bachelors Grove Cemetery has is a quarry pond that's adjacent to the cemetery. And there's different stories involving this quarry pond. In fact, they've even found gravestones in this quarry pond that they have fished out. And uh, there's also a road that goes right by the quarry pond. And it's believed that prohibitionary gangsters had dumped bodies into the quarry pond. In addition to this, there have been reported sightings of phantom vehicles driving along the road. Richard Crow himself even claims that he saw one. Another thing involving this quarry pond is there's said to be a farmer and a horse and plow. And it's believed that the horse had dragged the farmer into the quarry pond. Both the farmer and the horse had drowned. And uh, in 1977, some police officers told Richard Crow that they saw a apparition of a farmer and a horse kind of crossing the road so that's another interesting thing about it there's another story of some sort of two-headed creature that came out of the quarry pond that's believed to possibly be some sort of a fusion some sort of like image kind of fusion between the farmer and the horse they believe but yeah just a lot of interesting stories associated with Bachelors Grove. There's also reported sightings of phantom hounds, which is another thing, phantom figures in robes. There's even a story of a caretaker in a story kind of reminiscent of The Shining, where a caretaker was had a house on the property, and he had heard voices. He had apparently killed his family and you know it's believed that people would see ghostly images of him. So like I said, kinda of reminiscent
0: almost of the story of the shining. Now at the quarry pond, uh, just out of curiosity, do you know how deep the pond is? I'm told pretty deep. I think I had heard like
1: twenty five feet deep. So yeah, I've been told it's it's a pretty deep pond. And uh I did hear something to the effect that in the 1980s, some scuba divers went in there. And according to the story, I heard their flashlights had went off as they were, you know, looking into this quarry pond. So that's just the story I've heard. There is some things related to that involving Bachelors Grove, like uh, people having cameras and then the batteries suddenly being zapped. And uh they're not able to, you know, film. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Some people think, you know, you know, these stories are coming from the early two thousands when these cameras didn't have really great battery
0: life. So Bachelor's Grove Cemetery is actually part of a nature preserve, if I'm not mistaken. And the I, I don't know if this served as inspiration for the stories of the vanishing farmhouse, but I've heard if you go back into the the woods there and there are still some areas where there's the foundations of these old buildings.
1: Right. And uh I did go back there and I did come across, yes, yeah, some brick foundations you could see. So there are foundations of buildings that were there. And there's also a lot of evidence. I should mention this, that, there's been a lot of vandalism at the cemetery. A lot of people will talk about this. And although we are talking about like ghost lore of cemeteries, you know, different ghost researchers, like one named Dale Kesmirik talks about how cemeteries usually don't have a lot of ghosts in them. A lot of times they won't stay there. So there's not a whole lot of ghost sightings in cemeteries. But with Bachelors Grove, because of all the vandalism and because there was even, you know, reports of, you know, satanic rituals going on starting in the late 60s. And uh, that might have had something to do with it. I know Dale Kazmierich refers to it as a what's called a portal haunting. Meaning that there's a portal between, you know, this dimension and another dimension. And Bachelors Grove is a prime example of one of those hauntings. But then on the other side, you know, there's people who claim it's not
0: haunted at all. So I've never heard of that portal haunting theory. I might have to look into that maybe for a future episode. But I have heard the theory about how people think there used to be satanic rituals there. And another explanation for how it could have become haunted. You mentioned the vandalism. And that for, there was a time when it became a popular place for like high school kids to go to drink and party and do things they shouldn't be doing. So that made the ghost smad or something. And that could have caused all these, uh, these hauntings. But yeah, I have to look into the portal haunting. I've never heard of that before.
1: Another interesting thing, kind of connecting what you just said about it being kind of a popular hangout. It was said at, because at one point, uh, the Midlothian Turnpike, the street would, go right up to the cemetery itself. Now it's cut off and you got to walk down this road. But at one point it was said to be kind of like a lover's lane kind of area. And it's said to be the birthplace of the urban legend of the guy with the hook making the scratching noise on the car. And then the couple driving off and then hours later they look at the you know, door handle and there's a hook there. So said to be the possible origin of that, although, you know, that's never been proven. But that is one of the urban legends that probably one of the more famous urban legends there is.
0: I might be thinking of a different story. It might be the bunny man, but I've heard that another place where they people put the origin of the hook handed man. Was down either in one of the Carolinas or in Virginia, more towards the southeast. Okay, yeah, interesting. So we've talked uh, quite a bit about two of the most famous, well known hauntings and haunted places in Chicago Resurrection Mary and Bachelor's Grove. But I'm sure that there's other places in the Chicago area that are believed to be haunted. And uh, so you wanted to also. You also wanted to talk about St. James Cemetery, right? Uh, St. James
1: is another cemetery. Uh, it's also located in the southwest side of Chicago in a suburb called Lamont. This suburb is very old; it's one of the oldest in all of Chicago. Before it was a cemetery, it was there was briefly like a fort there that. Marquette and Louis Juliet had stayed at. Before that, it's believed that there was a Native American
0: burial ground there. So, um, and as we all know from watching Hollywood movies, absolutely nothing bad happens from building on top of a Native American burial ground.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, you know, H.P. Lovecraft stories too have a lot of that. But <laughs> <laughs> this uh, cemetery has a lot of. Irish. They were building the Illinois, Michigan canal and became a popular Irish cemetery for many years. There's a lot of graves. You know, if you go in there, there's many, you know, gravestones, you know, Murphy or Sullivan's, you know, quite a few. So it was a very popular Irish cemetery, although a lot of other nationalities are buried there as well. But uh, one of the things, that people have reported in terms of ghost lore is going back to the 1840s. There were some sightings of uh, some like phantom figures going across like a hill near the area. And uh, those sightings have been what people have commonly seen. These phantom figures Going back to the 70s, there were some as well. There's believed to be a woman who was an assistant of a pastor who had gotten married to an individual and they ran off to get married in a horse and carriage. Apparently, the horse and carriage tipped over and they were killed. And now people have claimed Early as the late 19th century, people have claimed to have seen this ghostly carriage pick up a woman at night from time to time. It was first it was seen, I believe, was 1897 by a couple musicians that were at a festival. They had seen this. And then the Chicago Tribune had printed up the story about it. So, yeah, there have been. Numerous stories involving, you know, that type of lore. Definitely some, you know, interesting stories associated with this. But at the same time, even here as well, I heard a priest interviewed about it. St. James Church is there. He's been a priest there for decades. And he said, I've never seen a single thing.
0: You know, that's another thing that I wonder if there's uh, any theories in the paranormal community, how some sometimes it seems ghosts will only manifest for certain people. You know, because it is interesting, sometimes you will hear stories about people who work or live in areas that are popularly believed to be haunted, and you'll get some people who will be like, you know, yeah, I see a ghost there every Tuesday, and then you get other right. people. It's like, okay, I've been living or working here for 12 years, and I've never seen anything unusual.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's true. That That's definitely true But that kind of even wonder sometimes could it have something to do with thought energy or something or you, you kind of got to wonder.
0: One theory I've actually have heard is that when ghosts or spirits do manifest for people that sometimes what you're expecting to see is the form that the spirit will take. So maybe if you are in an area that's believed to be haunted by evil spirits and a spirit manifests for you subconsciously you're thinking okay this place is inhabited by evil spirits so any ghost that happens to appear before you will appear as a scary frightening image
1: right yeah that's that's true and i kind of wonder with bachelor's grove and whatnot with the you know hooded phantom figures like that's quite common And I kind of wonder if maybe the people were thinking they were going to see that or what exactly was behind that, because there aren't too many stories of that that I've heard associated with Bachelors Grove, mostly with St. James.
0: Another cemetery you mentioned when we were planning this episode is Mount Carmel. Right. Mount Carmel. don't really have too much to say about it, but there is one
1: interesting story I do want to Talk about. Now, Mount Carmel is located in Hillside, Illinois. It's a cemetery that has a lot of famous gangsters, Chicago gangland gangsters are buried there, and also clergy as well. So you have a lot of gangsters, a lot of clergy. But the story that I want to talk about is a story about the Italian bride, a woman by the name of Judy Bacola, and uh, I'm sorry, Julia Bacola was her name. She had died in childbirth in, I believe it was 1921. She was buried at that time about six years later in 1927. Her mom was... Uh, having all these dreams that were kind of strange. I think her daughter was trying to communicate that she may have been buried alive, something to that effect. And uh, eventually she got them to exhume the burial. And they did. And when they exhumed the burial, her corpse was completely intact. There was no sign of decay at all. It looked like she had been sleeping. And uh, people have mentioned that sometimes it's a sign that someone would become a saint later on. That's one of the things that's said to happen. But even to this day on the grave, there's a picture of her when they had exhumed the grave. And like I said, still completely intact. As far as actually seeing her ghost, I've only heard of one account. And that was of her walking through like a rainstorm. And the drops were kind of like bouncing off of her. She was like completely dry, according to what the person had said.
0: There's a couple of stories I've heard about some statues that I believe are in the Chicago area. Um, one of them I'm not sure. The other one I know is I think it's in Graceland. There's the story of the eternal silence statue, which looks like a hooded person. The face is still the original color, but the uh, the rest of the statue has been weathered away. And the the story behind it is that if you look into the eyes of the statue, you'll see how you're going to die.
1: Right. Yes. That's at uh, Graceland Cemetery. That statue was uh, made by an individual by the name of Laredo Taft, who was an American sculptor. As far as I know, in terms of sculpting, a lot of the sculptors at that time had come from Europe he was one of the first real famous like american sculptors and he sculpted that in 1909 and for an individual by the name of Dexter Graves who was one of the original chicago area settlers he led 13 families from ohio into chicago and he later operated a hotel he died in the 1840s his son had put together like $250,000 to commission Laredo Taft to build this uh, maternal silence statue. And he did, but I believe his son had died in 1907. The statue was built in 1909. And I believe a cousin of his had finished it and oversaw the completion of it, making sure that it was there. But yeah, that's... uh pretty famous and it's believed it's kind of an interesting side note you got like a Ouija board a while back it came with a box of like an apparition on it and it's believed that that apparition on the box of the Ouija board was modeled after this particular statue by Laredo Taft. Now have you ever been to Graceland Cemetery? Yes yeah so I've seen this statue.
0: So were you tempted was there a little tiny part of you that wanted to climb up and try looking into the eyes.
1: Uh, I did. I didn't see my, my death. I
0: I did look into the eyes.
1: I know there was another rumor that (laughs) the statue could not be photographed, but now that everyone has a camera, of course that's been proven wrong many times over. But uh, yeah, I know there was that as well. So wait, Jeff.
0: Yeah. If you looked in the statues eyes, and you didn't see your death. Does that mean maybe you're immortal? Possibly, right? <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: but yeah, Laredo Taft also has another one there, and it's a ten foot tall granite statue of a crusader that marks the uh, grave of the founder of the Chicago Daily News. It's just like big crusader statue, and uh, yeah, that's. Kind of interesting as well. Different material, though, granite that he used. But yeah, he was pretty famous. The uh, He has another one near the University of Chicago. There's a Laredo Taft sculpture, and it's called the Fountain of Time, and it's a whole statue of a bunch of figures starting out with kids, and then it has them getting older, different occupations, soldiers and artists and stuff, and then There's people that are elderly and it's meant to like symbolize the passage of, you know, life. And there's a figure looking over at this and it's very similar to the one at Graceland. And apparently Laredo Taft said it was father time. So that might be what this statue is in Graceland, that it could be, be, father time a lot of people think it's you know possibly the grim reaper but uh yeah who it's never really been made clear exactly what it is
0: another story i've heard about of a famous chicago cemetery statue is one of a young girl and the statue is kept in a plexiglass enclosure and the legend is that during thunderstorms or bad weather, the statue will sometimes disappear. Have you heard stories about this statue or anything about it?
1: Yes, I've heard that uh, it's the grave marker for an individual by the name of Inez Clark, who was born in 1873 and had died in 1880. Apparently, she was at a picnic with her parents and had been struck by lightning and was said to have been buried in the cemetery. However, there's no record of anyone with that name ever having had lived in Chicago at that time. So that's kind of strange, you know, side note of that. But another interesting thing I did want to add about the Chicago cemeteries is that there was a time in the 19th century where these cemeteries were places where people would go often for like picnics and whatnot. So they weren't places that, you know, people would sometimes go to. It was quite common for them to people to go there quite often.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, I've heard about that. And I think it originated sometime around like the Victorian age, where, or maybe even a little earlier, where cemeteries went from being this place with just a bunch of tombstones to an almost park-like setting where they would put in the, you know, they'd put in the statues and they'd put in fountains and they would make it look real nice.
1: Right. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, it was kind of common during the Victorian era and, you know, Chicago kind of a Victorian era city, I think, It became a city the first year of the Victorian era in 1837. So, yeah, it was uh, common at that time for people to go to these cemeteries for picnics and whatnot. That was quite common. But another thing to add on uh, Graceland that I do want to mention, because I have been there, I have walked around it. There are some interesting things to see there. It was Chicago Cemetery of the Wealthy. And some of these wealthy people, like Palmer, who was a wealthy real estate mogul, had this, like, huge, like, Greek temple built. There's another one that's of a pyramid. So the uh, architecture in these are very elaborate. Even famous Chicago architect Louis Sullivan designed some very intricate mausoleums at, at the cemetery. Architects are buried here like uh, Daniel Burnham, and if anyone's familiar with the book, it was kind of popular a few years ago, Devil in the White City. It was about H.H. Holmes and Daniel Burnham. was a very, you know, important figure in that book that was very popular a little while back. But, uh, yeah, he's buried there. Uh, There's some heavyweight boxing champions that are buried at the cemetery. An individual by the name of Jack Johnson is buried there. Uh, he was the first black heavyweight champion in 1908, and he's buried there. Interesting thing about him is he was called the Galveston Giant, and he was 6'1", 212 pounds, which, you know, that that's big, but I wouldn't call that a giant. The next cemetery I wanted to talk about is Rose Hill Cemetery, usually when people talk about cemeteries, they'll talk about Graceland Cemetery, and then the other one that is almost as old as Graceland, and that's Rose Hill. And Rose Hill has probably, I'd say, a little more ghost lore associated with it than Graceland does. Like I said before, ghosts don't often hang around cemeteries too often. You don't hear too much, but there are some things involving Rose Hill Cemetery. The story that I'm aware of happened back in 1995, and it was when a caretaker had noticed kind of by the corner of the cemetery, an apparition floating above one of the graves and was kind of moving around. He then went back to the office, had reported this. And uh, what I understand, I think the cemetery has kind of a no ghost policy where they've agreed to kind of not talk about that sort of thing. However, that next day, a woman from des Plaines, illinois a nearby suburb had called in and she said that her aunt had apparently appeared to her in a dream and wanted a grave marker because there was no grave marker so then uh, what had happened was she then they then you know went out took measurements and it was the same exact location where the apparition had been seen. So apparently they had purchased a grave marker and the apparition was never seen or heard from again. Apparently she had died in the 1930s. But at this point she wanted a grave marker. And I guess you know, it was her way of communicating this to people.
0: There's one other cemetery you wanted to talk about, and you wanted to end this one with not so much as a ghost story, but more of a true crime story.
1: Right. The true crime story that I wanted to talk about is associated with a cemetery called Bohemian National Cemetery, and it is kind of an interesting story because it was extremely famous at the time, what had happened. It's because it was kind of bizarre, a kind of bizarre chain of events that had happened. It involved a woman by the name of Wanda Stapa. And Wanda Stapa was born in Poland. She had immigrated to the Chicago area when she was very young. She very quickly, at a very young age, became the youngest person to become a assistant U.S. district attorney. She had passed the bar. Uh, she was the first woman in the chicago area to have had done so and then what had happened a little later on she developed like you know, like a bohemian type lifestyle and apparently she you know got on with like a group of people of artists and she was living with an advertising executive his name was smith And she fell in love with him, although she had recently gotten married to a man who claimed to have been a former Russian count, but lost his land during the Russian Revolution. And uh, she wanted to marry this wealthy advertising executive, but he was already married. So what he decided to do because he was wealthy was he decided to send her to New York, to live, to try to become a writer, because at this point, I guess that's what she wanted to do. And he kept sending her money. And then just out of nowhere, he kind of cut her off and stopped sending money. At this point, she had been at some party and was kind of drinking a lot. She got up on the table with a gun and said that, I'm going back to Chicago and I'm going to kill a woman And possibly a man. And no one took this seriously at this point. No one, you know, paid really any attention to it. They just thought she was kind of in a drunk, kind of, you know, drunk rambling. So they sort of ignored it. Then, uh, she went to the Smith's cottage and he was there with his wife. His wife had the nickname of Doodles because apparently she would doodle a lot. And, uh, she went to this cottage you know, gun in hand, um, broke in and the gardener um intervened, tried to prevent her from shooting Doodles, who was asleep at the time. She ended up shooting the gardener. Uh, he had died. And then when this happened, Doodles jumped out of the window and managed to escape. Then Wanda Stapa boarded a train for uh Detroit and hid out in a hotel for a while. And apparently, somehow the police were led to believe that she was in this hotel. And as a result of that, they closed in. As they closed in, she had taken some strychnine, I believe it was, that she had, a vial of strychnine, and died. And this was in all the papers. It was a huge story at the time. It was in all the papers. There were... You know, hundreds, maybe thousands of people at her funeral, uh, mostly because just because of what a media circus this whole event was. You know, it was a huge story at the time. I had never heard of it before, so I thought I would mention it. You know, Bohemian National, she's buried there at Bohemian National Cemetery. And, uh, probably, you know, most people have never heard of this story the interesting thing about cemeteries. You know, everyone has a date in the beginning, then there's a dash, and then there's a date at the end. And oftentimes you don't hear the story of what happened in that dash. You know, you don't get that story. So that's why I like to hear some of these stories that people are now telling on YouTube channels and whatnot, getting into the story of these people's lives.
0: That's an interesting point that, yeah, we... You know, you walk through any cemetery, you'll see just date of birth, date of death. But unless it's a grave of like a really famous, well known person, we don't really know what we don't really know what uh went in between chapter one and chapter two, between chapter right. one and the final chapter.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's true. You know, you don't know. You don't often get that information. And just one little side note I wanted to add, and we didn't. I did mention this to you before. Is Some graves have some interesting things associated with them as well. There was one, I believe it was at Rose Hill, and there were three dates. A birth date, a death date, and then another death date. So it appeared the person had died twice. Now, what the nature of that was, I don't know. I think there were some historians or some people with some knowledge about this claim that it was the person's, the woman's married date when she had gotten married and that's why there were three dates. Hmm. But yeah, it was strange to see three dates on one grave. So you find interesting little things like that at these Chicago cemeteries, all kinds of stuff, different Masonic symbols on these graves from different secret societies that people were a part of in the 19th century. So some interesting stuff for sure.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you for joining me today, Jeff. And before we sign off, where can people go if they want to see some of your YouTube videos like where you went to Bachelor's Grove or, you know, just somewhere else that was strange or interesting? Yes, they could go
1: to Corm1000, 1000, C-O-R-M 1000 on YouTube. My Bachelor's Grove video is up there. It's a few years old. I believe it was 2017 or 2018 that I had gone there. You could watch the video, you know, be sure to, you know, tell me what you think that little bist thing is in the corner. Not sure what it is myself. Not, like I said, not saying it's a ghost, but it's an interesting thing to check out.
0: I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. And until next time, stay strange and stay interesting.